Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 116, your weekly podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and now on YouTube. Joining me, as always, your hosts, uh, Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. What is up, Richard? Hey guys, what's going on? Not much, doing well. Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brewer and all-around content creator for Magic the Gathering. What is up, Seth? Oh, uh, not much, guys. Just checking out some Amonkhet spoilers. How are you? We're all doing the same, I'm sure. And Chaz, as always, all-around content creator and focusing on the financial aspects of the game. So, the docket for today is actually not that long. Basically, just Amonkhet spoilers. We're going to dive right in. A lot of cards have been spoiled since the last time we talked with you all. And then we're going to talk about some fish mail. So, awesome. Can't wait for that. Without further ado, let's... uh, Well, actually, before... I wanted to ask, at least before we jumped into the specific cards, just really quickly, how do you feel about the set looking at the cards that were revealed between last week? Now we have a lot more to talk about uh, and this week. Just real quick. Overall general view. Richard. I'm going to start off the cast on a negative note. Uh, I don't know. I'm not as hype as I want to be. Part of it is probably the split cards, which Seth has talked about in an article. They just don't feel special. Uh, but we did get Liliana, so I'm hyped for that. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, something's off to me with the set. I don't know what it is. And maybe we can discuss it after we discuss spoilers, but. It doesn't have the same magic as Theros had, and there's something weird. I don't know what it is, but uh, we do have some hype planeswalkers. Uh, I'm a little down on the aftermath cards. The gods, which we'll talk about in a bit, are a little underwhelming, and I'm just <laughs> waiting for Bolas to come and shake things up. But maybe that's Hour of Devastation. All right, Seth. What do you think? You did write. Uh, Richard alluded to. You did write an article <laughs> about aftermath. Um, it was uh, not very... <laughs> you didn't uh, hold back any punches on that one, I gotta say. Uh, well, I mean, it is like the worst mechanic since Skulk, I oh. think, so... Uh, no, I mean, the set's okay. I kind of... I think Richard actually described it in a really good way, and... I had been feeling the same thing, but hadn't really come up with the words to put to it. But something is just odd or off or weird about this set. And I I can't really put my finger on it either. Like, there's a lot of interesting stuff. The power level, apart from potentially the Planeswalkers, seems comparatively low uh, compared to Kaladash, where the power level was pretty pushed. And, I mean, the flavor's cool. There's there's some interesting, fun-looking cards. It seems like, as I've been talking about and writing about and doing videos about the cards, something I've said a ton is like, uh, this probably won't be good enough for Standard, but it's going to be awesome in Commander, awesome in Casual. So that's kind of my impression of the set so far. Some really sweet things for non-Standard formats, but I'm not seeing a ton that's off-the-charts powerful for Standard. Well, I, I think I have to go the other way. It it kind of reminds me of re- like looking at Kamigawa right after we left Meriden Block. Like they're just you're so used to Ravager Affinity and all these broken mechanics, and then you had Kamigawa. People were kind of like, "Oh, this is like the worst set, like worst block ever," because like none of these cards are good. And I think that's like on the surface what we kind of have here with Amonkhet. I'm still excited. I, I get that, <laughs> you know. Uh, 
a good percentage of players are not really happy with what they're seeing. Maybe that's due to the fact that they're kind of being a little uh, hesitant about pushing so many spoilers through like they normally done before. I mean, by this time, we've almost would have known the whole set by now. So I kind of like that it kind of harkened back to the way I'm kind of used to spoilers that it really did go the full two weeks before people started uh, went to the pre-releases and stuff. I mean, you literally got it that Friday and you didn't know the entire set until then. So I kind of like that they're kind of holding back on that. But yeah, I, I guess I can see some of the concerns, but I, I still think it's we're looking at like Kamigawa... And I just have this weird feeling. I think there is that weird feeling that both of you are having. The the feeling I'm getting is that it's the goldfish curse. We're like, ah, you know, these cards are decent. And I don't know yet. And then they end up being like the best cards ever. So there's a part of me that feels that way too. Oh, but isn't Kamigawa still thought of as being one of the worst sets and blocks in Magic's history? Even with like hindsight 15 years in the future? Like, is that a good comparison? Like, do we want this to be Kamigawa? Wait, do we do? How did we get here? I, I think we're in the minority in not quote unquote liking the set. I think most people actually like it. I haven't really heard that many negative things. Uh, one thing was weird was the pacing of the spoilers. We we got a lot of commons and uncommons very early in spoiler season, uh, so that could have done it. And while you guys are talking, I think I placed my finger on it. Outside of Embalm and the art, nothing screams uh, Egyptian-themed whatever gods to me. You know, in Theros, we had a lot of flavorful cards that alluded back. Uh, maybe it's just because we all know kind of the, the Greek mythology better but you had like hundred handed one that was awesome and you know even without seeing the art of the card you knew this was you know something unique and something special whereas embalm is the only mechanic we've seen that does anything with egyptian stuff that you know we we think of and everything else you know minus one minus one counters aftermath cycling that's just standard magic affair so i think for me it's not a a power level concern. I don't know what the power level is, but it's not really that. It's more of the, I was really hyped up for this Egyptian plane, and so far it's like, eh. And then the gods being kind of mediocre isn't really helping that, because if the gods of your world are <laughs> mediocre, like what, you know, what's, what's left, right? Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's any less like Egyptian. I mean, there, are, I, I get that I'm yeah, bombs like but, the, the uh, in-your-face, this is Egyptian, but like, yeah, minus one, minus one counters have been in Magic before, but that kind of does pertain to an Egyptian-style theme set. You know, you're, you're weakening things, there's plagues, there's, like, locusts, there's that one uh, artifact with brick counters, there's... I mean, there's some interesting stuff. I, I get that it doesn't all scream Egyptian right on the surface, and and Emb you're right, Embalm is kind of the one that's really out there, but I, I think overall it's generally on theme. So I don't think it's really that. I, I just think we're kind of coming out of Kaladesh block and we're used to Heart of Kiran and Aetherworks Marvel and like all these really degenerate like energy style decks and kind of looking at this hoping there's like something immediate that we can see that can deal with this stuff and I, I, I've been seeing the reverse Richard I'm seeing a lot of like yeah they they like the set but like what what's what's going to be good in standard what's going to stop the Heart of Kiran what's going to stop Gideon and 
I, I think like that's all well and good, but that's <laughs> well, Gideon's yeah, gonna stop well, there you go. Him. See, <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. We'll, we'll talk about it, but I think there are a lot of powerful cards. I think there are a lot of powerful cards, but I just think there's nothing unique about this set. Like, I don't know. I didn't get the same feeling with Kaladesh, uh, Return to Ravnica, Shadows of Innistrad. Like, I really felt they felt unique. Whereas this, you know, the art is different, but outside of that, it, it could have been a core set or something, right? Like, it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe that's just the downside of using minus one, minus one counters and cycling as your key mechanics and aftermath, which is not even a mechanic. It's just like two spells. So I don't know. But I didn't want to start the cast off with a negative note because I'm actually pretty hyped for some of these. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk cards. about that. Let's, let's, so, then let's do that. Yeah. Let's go straight into the cards. First Planeswalker revealed Gideon of the Trials. One white, white. 3 loyalty, Planeswalker Gideon, plus 1 until your next turn, prevent all damage, target permanent with deal, 0, Gideon becomes a 4-4 human soldier with indestructible, prevents all damage to him, 0, you get an emblem with, as long as you control Gideon, a Gideon Planeswalker, you can't lose the game, and your opponents can't win the game. This is crazy. So we have, like, Platinum Angel on a Gideon at three converted mana cost. How much more can you jam onto a three-mana walker? I mean, this is crazy. I don't know. Maybe I, I think people are immediately saying, like, overhyped and all that stuff, and that's all well and good, but let's not detract. Like, this is a good card. I get the hype thing, but let's that, that doesn't make this any less of a good card. I think there's a lot of different applications not entirely on the surface. I mean, I, I think... Me personally, if Heart of Kiran was not on the ban, like the red alert, like this needs to be banned list in standard, this is certainly going to put it there. <laughs> this is, this seems crazy with Heart of Kiran. Yeah, that's an in- pretty insane curve. Uh, the, I mean, the big question is, is it immediately going to replace old Gideon in a deck like Mardu Vehicles? And that is, that's up for debate. I really have no idea. I think you got to play test it and see, but this card feels absurdly powerful. Like it's so strong. Just, it protects itself. It's a indestructible, can't deal with it. Four, four beater for three mana. And I think that people misunderstand the, the emblem, but it's very good at buying you a turn or two. If you can play this and emblem it, it's not going to be a, a worship lock or a platinum angel that sits out there forever, but it's going to buy you a couple turns. And when you're beating down with indestructible four fours and heart of Curans and all this stuff, a couple of turns is usually all you need. And I've heard people saying modern legacy, even there's some decks that if you just play a Gideon before sideboarding, they literally just can't beat a Gideon emblem like storm or something. They just kind of scoop it up so it'll be really interesting and i think this card is to me it's the the liliana of the veil of gideon's this is the three mana gideon that could see play in all formats i think gideon is overhyped and i agree with your liliana of the veil assessment in standard like solid to average you know maybe slightly above average but then we'll see play in other formats where he'll shine in standard, if you have a 4-5 blocker, like, Gideon does nothing, right? Like, you can just block Gideon all day. Sure, you can't win the game, but Gideon's not going anywhere. Like, he's not building to an ultimate. He's just preventing damage and sitting there. And it's really the heart of Kiran's synergy that puts him over the top, 
because now when you plus one, you can keep crewing Heart of Kiran. Uh, but other than that, like in a mid-range matchup or in an aggro deck, I don't think he's that good. And I think you take Ally of Zendikar over Gideon any day. Where he really shines is just randomly hosing people that aren't ready for him. <laughs> if you're a creatureless control deck and someone just throws down a Gideon and emblems, like, okay, uh, you just got got. You need, you need an answer. Uh, same with like legacy. Someone's playing ad nauseum or something game one. You just throw down a Gideon and they can't win. And, you know, post board, they'll have stuff to bounce stuff, but it's kind of like playing main deck ley line. Like you can just randomly get wins off of this. Which I think is pretty cool because it's not as hard of a lock as say Platinum Angel or something. You can just go wide with creatures and kill Gideon. So I, I like that Wizards did this. It's it's a hoser, but it can be overcome. It's not that specific. So I actually really like Gideon. I don't know why Gideon keeps getting good cards. <laughs> this is like another Gideon that's really good. Like, can we not spread the love and make some other planeswalkers besides Gideon? So this is his last hurrah, probably. Uh, he's gonna die, so they might as well give him a good card. But that, that, that zero, that emblem is like his yeah. death, right? Gatewatch cannot lose with Gideon sitting around, so something's gonna uh, happen to Gideon. I do think this is a good foreshadowing and for Gideon exiting the Gatewatch. Maybe he comes black as a black-white planeswalker <laughs> zombie, I don't know. <laughs> or maybe he's just gone forever like Venser. But it'll be interesting to see what Bolas does to Gideon, but I can't see him surviving he's gonna take one for the team i think interesting yeah I, I i i honestly think this replaces gideon ally of zendikar i i don't know i mean i know more to vehicles maybe there's like a 2-2 split or or something like that but to me shutting down their heart of kiran and paving the way for your heart of kiran is i mean pretty one-sided i mean you could just attack with impunity with your heart of Kieran, and you basically just lock their heart of the Kieran, heart of Kieran out of the game. You can even target their their Gideon, so it stops them from you know attacking and and creating it, making it into a five five. Because it is a, it is permanent, so you could technically do that. I I think you're right. Both of you are right in the fact that this is just a random like worship that you can't directly interact with that just the emblem never goes away i understand you can bolt getting into the trials in in other formats like there is still lightning bolt that that is still a thing but the fact that any gideon turns this emblem on is kind of interesting because maybe somehow another you know i know some jeskai lists or these blue white uh control lists that have started popping up play like a one of gideon jura the the five mana one so that's kind of interesting and Gideon Jura is so hard to kill. Oh, there's no way this will replace Gideon Jura. <sighs> there's no way. There's no way he's going to replace allies because they're both Gideons, so you can't play them at the same time. So are you really going to cut Ally of Zendikar to put in some Gideon of the Trials? Like, if, if it was Liliana the Trials and it did this, like, you might actually play them all because you can, but you don't want to be Gideon flooded. It's going to be pretty bad. And will you really cut allies and Zendikar for this? I don't think cut it completely, but I think you can make a strong case for both of them. I think you got to play test it. I, I don't know the answer to that yet. I'm leaning towards you still play Ally of Zendikar, but I don't think it's impossible that we find out after playtesting that some number of getting into the trials is maybe correct. Yeah, just all around great. All right. So next walker in line is Liliana. Death's Majesty. 
three black black, five loyalty, planeswalker Liliana, plus one, put a two two black zombie creature token into play, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Uh, minus three return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. That creature is a black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. Minus seven destroy all non zombie creatures. So, up for some more Feldar Guardian shenanigans? <laughs> Not that like, that's any better, but... So, what is the combo? The combo is Guardian, Liliana, and what's There's their like best There's, like, this two-mana 1-1, one, one, I think, something like that, that, like, can sack a creature, so it gets plus one, plus one. I believe it's black. So, you... So, you sacrifice yep. Guardian. Yep. Reanimate it. Target yep. Liliana. Keep doing it. But then your guardians don't have haste. Yeah, but you have a you have an a million a million win? creature, and then fatal push. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think the- I know it's not as viable, but I was just I was kind of just being facetious. That, that's. No, no, I was actually curious what the what the current iteration of this combo is. I think that's it, but I think I could be wrong. <laughs> I mean, it, it's super convoluted, but if you could get a Zulaport Cutthroat or Blood Artist out there, then you could win the game with it without attacking. I don't know if that would be relevant compared to the combo that we have. None of which uh, are standard legal. Zulaport Cutthroat still is. Yeah, it's from, in Battle for Zendikar, so that's still in the format. Oh, it's BFZ. But I think yep. what excites me about this is the negative three. I mean, the going rate for reanimating something in standard for like the past five years is five mana. So when you look at Liliana <laughs> as like already on par for just a reanimation spell, if it wasn't a planeswalker, didn't do anything else. And this has tons of upside. So if you ever interested in trying to reanimate something, this is easily the way to go in standard. And it does a lot more than that. Plusing to make a token is super powerful and it fuels the graveyard. So it's five mana, which makes me think like Obnixilis range, one of, two of in like certain decks. I don't think you just jam four Liliana's, but this is a really strong card, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. it, It does scream Obnixilis to me and it's actually a little bit, it's kind of off you know, Obnixos. Obnixos is like a very, here's like three black cards in ma- Magic's history. This is at least a little bit more spicy. You can do different things. And I agree with you, Seth. The going rate, I think the last reanimation tar- like spell was, yeah, four and a black. It was like Liliana something. Is it even in standard right now, I think? Uh, I think there is one. I don't remember the name of it. Yeah. Oh, Ever, ever After, after Six. We had Ever two. After two. So, yeah, this is still a pretty strong... You know, at, at nothing else, you're going to pay five. You get to keep a planeswalker. There's a lot of good, you know, cycle outlets or, and, well, they're cycling. There's cards like, uh, cathartic reunion. There's, there's a way to fill the graveyard pretty quickly. And then you, by the time, you know, you play Liliana, there's just a torrential gear hulk just hanging out in your, in your graveyard. There's any kind of gear hulk. So there's, there's definitely some, some possibilities here. It's, it's a strong walker. I don't think it's like crazy, like $60 planeswalker because it is five mana. So, uh, there is that limitation, but overall three great abilities. It protects itself. I mean, m- what more do you want? Yeah. I think Lily is like a slightly worse Obnixilis and you'll see her as a one to two of in sideboards for some reason or for certain matchups and then for some reason if you want to reanimate her deck then you could jam four lilies but reanimator decks are probably a little sketchy given all the graveyard hate <laughs> we're seeing in this set and 
you know, all the graveyard hate people have to pack anyway just for stuff like scrap heap scrounger and stuff like that. You don't want to get incidentally hated on. But yeah, I think I think Liliana's okay. Her ultimate is what's disappointing. It doesn't really win the game. It's just a wrath of God. Whereas like Omnixilis, you can just have an empty board ultimate and then you're mm-hmm. on your way to victory. But other than that, the art is sweet. Making zombies protects her. Uh, you get to mill, feeling delirium, uh, getting more embalmed creatures and things. And cycling is the big thing in this set. So if we have some like heavy hitter cycling creatures, you can cycle them on, you know, turn four, Liliana, and then minus on turn five to, to bring back your big, dirtily cycly dude. So. There are a lot of synergies. She's not just like an outright powerful Omnixilis that just is good in every situation, but she has specific situations where she'll Interesting, shine. Interesting, it, it won't kill your own god cards, so that's something to consider. We haven't seen the black god as of right now as we're recording, so... Well, right. it won't kill any yeah. gods, right? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> because they're all so, indestructible. <laughs> also won't kill your opponent's god cards. <laughs> kind of an upside Whoa. and a downside. <laughs> um, yeah. And and their mummies, like you can't hit them. <laughs> the evolved creatures are also zombies. I really like this card, even if it never saw play in standard. I really like it <clears throat> as a card, just because zombies are super powerful or popular in commander and casual play. It's like one of people's favorite tribes. So I think it's really sweet that they kind of have their own planeswalker. That's how I see this card. Like I think you'll see fringe one of two of play in standard, but it seems like. Anyone who builds a casual zombie deck for their kitchen table is going to want this card in it just because it's so perfect for that deck and what people are trying to do. Yeah, that's a good point. Just uh, and Giralf <laughs> right there made. It, it should just have like the word partner <laughs> on it or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the easiest thing to throw in there. And you're right. It's all it's pretty much all on curve when it comes to zombies. So there's a lot of different interactions. And yeah, the only reason I brought it up is because... um you know, maybe there's some Grixis or Blue Black Control where you have like Kefnet or something like that. So it's good to keep those around, um, even though it doesn't kill opponents, gods. But all right, next up we have Vizier of the Menagerie, three green, three four Naga Cleric. You may look at the top card of your library. Uh, you may cast the top card of your library if it's a creature card. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast creature spells. All right. First green mythic. Still don't have the green god, but that's okay. We get this in the meantime. I don't, I don't think, I mean, it's, it's a great, it's solid, but I, I just don't know where, where it sees play in standard. But I gotta say, cards like these, like effects like these are just, a plus overall amazing in commander and edh like every kind of card that does these type of things is an automatic like auto include in anything that can play this color you know oracle of moldiah courser of crew fix um what was the other one well this uh there was a, there was another one i think like the 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 channelers from yeah, the channelers from uh, like Eldra- the, uh, Rise of Eldrazi, Moldiah channelers. channelers. Um, then there was like the Rin and Mina, Den Wildborn, or something like that from from Oath. Like every kind of card that does stuff like this, where you can look at the top card, like cheat stuff into play by casting off the top of your library, is really successful in Commander. Well, this is yeah. better than those cards because you don't have yeah. to reveal. 
all of those and other cards force you to reveal it. I think this is the first time we yeah. get to not reveal, which That's is interesting. so weird. Why do you think that is? Do you think they're just changing how these cards are formatted and this will be how it is moving forward? Maybe. Could just be this specific card, but um, yeah, that could be a possibility. I mean, for me, this is like the green future site, sort of, is kind of how I see it. I I think this card will be really overrated by some people for, like, standard and whatnot. I don't think yeah. it's very good there. It seems... It just doesn't really do much when it enters the battlefield. Like, the nice thing about Oracle of Moldiah, even Corsair, if you play it on turn four, is that you immediately can play an extra land, so you're always getting that ramp value, or getting some value, even if your opponent kills it. Like, they can't stop that. Since you had actually cast the creature, even though it fixes your mana, you still gotta spend mana. So it seems like, unless it's way in the late game, it's gonna be pretty unlikely you can play this and then immediately get value by playing a creature with it, unless you have a ton of mana. But I, I do agree with you, Chaz. I think this is going to be all over the place in Commander, and tons of people will play it. I almost wish it was a legend just for that reason. Yeah, me too. Uh. Well, I'm going to be that guy. We haven't discussed this very pressing issue from Amonkhet, <laughs> but here it is. Why is this a Naga and not know. a Snake? Why must <laughs> they continue to split Snake people into two tribes? What? It's not legendary, but if it was, you couldn't even make a legendary snake deck. You'd have to make a legendary Naga deck and then have these, like, random snakes in there. I just wish they they collapsed them into the same blame, tribe. It's blame same World of Warcraft, race I think. Of things. Like, Naga were... Naga are, like, humanoid snakes, and then there's just snake. What is what is a snake? Like, a, like a literal, literal snake? snake. <laughs> like a... <sighs> The magic snakes are sort of humanoid too, though. Even the snake snakes. And yeah, Except well, the yeah, but there's like Kamigawa ones. <laughs> some, yeah, some but then there's like snakes. Honored Hydra, the one that was spoiled today, and that's like a snake Hydra, so it's like a snake, but it's right. not a not like a not a Naga because it's not a humanoid. So, so you have to be humanoid, but there aren't there plenty of snakes that are humanoid. Okay, but not I don't Naga? know off the top of my head. <laughs> this is this is egregious because I loved Kamigawa. Did did, just, did the snakes in Kamigawa actually have? Naga or Snake? They were just snakes. There were no Naga in Kamigawa. Oh man! Then yeah, then they 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 should have just stopped. Okay, okay. Kaseto Kaseto is oh. a snake. He's the Kamigawa guy. <laughs> oh, he has four no. arms. So Kamigawa, they have four arms, oh. and they're all snakes. Yeah, I don't know. Then that's a fail. Then and then let me find Naga. Let's see. What is Sadisi? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Naga. I think that's Naga? a Naga. Ikra Shadiki is, is a Naga. I think it's... Sadisi's a Naga? Yeah, it's, it's, so then that doesn't make... Yeah. doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It mostly know, seems weird to me that it's in the same set. Like, if you want to have Naga and have snakes, whatever, I don't care. But it seems weird that you're having, like, snakes and Naga in the same set. Like, why, why do you need to do that? Just, like, print all the Amonkhet ones can be one or the other. And then in the future, yeah. next set, do the other one or whatever. Yeah, I think that's... Uh. It's, a, it's a big blow to tribal <laughs> snake players everywhere in EDH. We're going to have to petition. Errata legendary. <laughs> we, we're going to need to Oracle update these cards before they're even released. <laughs> cross off Naga, put snake, just put in legendary, and there you go. All right, let's move on to probably one of my favorite cards of the set. Champion of Ronas, 3 to green, 3-3, three, three, Jackal Warrior. 
You may exert Champion Aronis as it attacks. When you do, you may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Is the reason you're excited is a Jackal Warrior? <laughs> no. Almost, I mean, okay, it's a Jackal, which is pretty good, but it's really good. <laughs> you can cast a creature for free, and all you need to do is attack, and you don't even have to hit the person. You just need to, like, chump attack, and you get to drop yeah, something into play. I do like the fact that this is kind of a different take on Elvish Piper, a card that has not been standard for a long time. <laughs> but uh, despite as <laughs> there's a lot of printings, um, I love green. I-, I don't see the hype. Like I just don't see the hype. Like I think it's solid. I I, I don't know. Like I would like to play this. Maybe I'll try it in standard, but I just don't know. Like all the best stuff you would cast from your your hand is like all on cast stuff, isn't it? Gear Hulk. Yeah, but you could pretty much already play Gear it's Hulk. Just like, yeah, I'll just casually get six mana for free but, or but five mana for free. But you're already playing the Gear Hulk like a turn, team. like the same turn you would be playing it with this. Well, no, but then you can use that mana oh, to do other okay. things. I guess. I mean, you, you literally just got like five to six mana for free. It can be a combat trick if you like bring in a Verdurous Gear Hulk. Yeah. Uh, you can just drop an Ulamog off this. You don't get the cast triggers, but you still have a 10-10 destructible. But just as a tempo play, and 4-mana 3-3, three, three, it's behind the curve, but not that much, right? Like, even if you're hellbent and you play this thing, you're you're hitting them for 3, and you're not doing anything, you know, special. So I, I think it's pretty good. <sighs> yeah... I think it'll be really popular in Commander because people love their Elvish Pipers. Oh, uh, no. no, I Seth, got that. Yes, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't really see it in but, standard. It's just such a hard sell because, sort of like we were talking about with uh, the Vizier, whatever it is, um, it just doesn't do anything when it comes into play. So you just kind of play this Hill Giant and hope that you untap with it, and then hope that you have something good in your hand to put into play. So, I don't know. Like, at four mana, why don't you just play Aetherworks Marvel and literally win the game? (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of where I was going. I mean, okay, you can... There are cards that can, like, give it haste or whatever, and, like, there's Hazard's Favor. So, you can play, like, Hazard's Favor. Like, you can curve into this, and I'm I'm trying here, okay? I'm trying, all right? I, I know... I don't know if this is good, but... So you play this on turn four, it gets haste, you can attack, you play a Gear Hulk. Alright, that's like pretty good, I guess. And then you add whatever you played on turn one and two. Yeah. Or you could do like turn one something, turn two the channel or initiate, and you're still kind of behind because... So what if you just do this? You play Champion of Ronus, you cast a Verdus Gear Hulk, you attack dropping another Verdus Gear Hulk into play. That's a, yeah, I mean, that's, that's like, <laughs> like that's super so Christmas land. That's not. But, a, that's not right. No, wait. But it's not right. That's your deck. Like, don't play Ulamogs. <laughs> that's probably a bad idea. Like, don't play uncastable okay. creatures. But just playing, you know, four or five mana creatures and getting a four or five mana tempo boost. No, it's and, seems and, good. and as as no, as far as no. a hill giant <laughs> and you were you you just told me last week that a three mana four three was bad. So how can this be good? <laughs> Well, this this has the upside of dropping. <laughs> no, but I'm just talking about like just looking play. at the curve. I said nothing else. It's a three mana four three, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's horrible. The curve. And I was like, okay. And then now suddenly four mana three three is okay. I don't know, Richard. It's a it's a buffed wood elves. It's 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 <laughs> gone from one one to three three. 
but it costs you three more about mana. It like that. Oh, it does seem sweet with combat <laughs> celebrant, so you can untap it and get extra turns and keep putting more things. No, in like the legitimately outside Verter's Gear Hulk. Like, yeah, is yeah, there yeah. anything? Wait, like, we didn't see the Green God, so there is that. Outside of Verter's Gear Hulk, is like there anything that's actually worth it? Because four Gear Hulks does not make this card like. Yeah, all know, Gear uh, Hulks the are other Gear Hulk, good. like Torrential. Like all, all gear hulks. hulks, not the white noxious one. gear not hulk, all. Right. Not, the, not the white gear. I mean, are there no creatures above? <laughs> no, 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 four no, no. I, I was, I was asking. I was, like, I was just asking. I, I mean, outside of gear hulk, is there other viable stuff? The real question is, like, discount Uamog. You're right. I don't think we should play like Uamog just because it's ten ten. The the real question is, does it combo with Felidar Guardian in any way, Chaz? Fill, um, fill us in on the combo. <laughs> I'm going to ask you this every card for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> What's the combo? No. There, I don't right. think there... Um, uh, there uh, probably is one. I'm I can't sure, think but, of one, but... <laughs> I think there's always a combo with Eldar Guardian. No, I I really wasn't trying to like... I was just saying that, Liliana, there is, there is something with Eldar Guardian, so just wanted to point that out. <laughs> No, but yeah, I don't. I don't see anything on the surface with Felidar Guardian. I'll get back to you though. Okay, I'll be. Wa- <laughs> I'll be waiting. All right. <laughs> combat Celebrant, two and a red. It's a four-one. If Combat Celebrant hasn't been exerted this turn, you may exert it as it attacks. When you do, untap all other creatures you control, and after this phase, there is an additional combat phase. Hmm. It's aggressive. <sighs> These effects are usually like five mana or more, so... Yeah, that is true. It's um, super fragile, so you're going to get one use out of it, and it's going to die to a servo token, but if you can build a deck that really can take advantage of that combat phase, maybe? Not super liking that this dies to Walking Ballista like pretty much for free, so... Yeah, Walking Ballista kind of stops us in its <sighs> tracks. Is there any way you can go infinite? There, with this I did see a way that there that you did can go infinite with, like that you could do this. I, I don't know if it's standard. Does it involve no, the guardian? I, I, no, it, no, it's not the guardian. Um, <laughs> I, I know we're trying Kiki to pick Kiki figure it out. You can. Oh yeah, Kiki Jiki. But I don't know if there, that was if there was a standard one also. I did not see that, but I did see the Kiki Jiki one. Like, the thing is, though, it's like, there's a lot of stuff that's infinite with Kiki Jiki. Like, why this? Yeah, that that is very true. You could, you... Well, well it's good. <laughs> it's just, you yeah, can. And it doesn't it have does, haste, so you're kind of slow, you're kind of yeah. slow down here. It's a 4-1, so it dies to basically anything across the battlefield, including <laughs> minus oh. one, minus one counters and walking ballistas. <sighs> it, but it's exciting. I mean, if you get to connect, it's pretty good. But I, I don't think it's good for standard, but I like the design of this, and I'm sure people will try to use it in EDH, which will probably be even harder <laughs> yeah, standard definitely harder. to make this work. I think work. it's actually kind of scary in EDH, because it's pretty easy to play, like, Hammer of Perforos and give it haste, and yeah. then you send this at whoever doesn't have a creature, probably me if it was Commander Clash, because I'm dirtling and playing tap lands, and Ooh. then you can swing your other creatures at other people and still get the extra combat and keep your combat celebrate. Yeah, I really like it in conjunction with... Uh, what's the red card that doubles all damage? The, uh, the insult to card. injury, something like that. Insult to, insult. Yeah, to injury. Yeah, you basically quadruple your power there. <laughs> and if you have uh, a double striker, then you... Eight times the power you have if you combat celebrate insult. So y- there's a possibility for quite explosive turns with these cards. But it's 
glass cannon all in a walking ballista counter will take this thing out. <laughs> yeah. So that's the unfortunate yeah. downside the, of it this. It does get hit off collected company. Now that is kind of interesting. Oh, that's that is true. Hmm. That that is a that is a good thing for All the right. Kiki thing. No Feldar Guardian thing, anything though. But I'll get I'll get back to you on this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to blue mythics. We have two and a blue enchantment, as foretold. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a time counter on as foretold. Once each turn, you may pay zero rather than the mana cost for a spell uh, you cast with converted mana cost X or less, where X is the number of time counters on as foretold. Okay, just uh, on the surface, this, like, boosted certain cards like Restore Balance and Lotus Bloom into the Stratosphere since it was revealed. Uh I I don't know. I really don't. I, I, I can I can see arguments for it. Like I guess you can get this out kind of early with like a Simeon Spirit Guide or something like that to get like going, but you know, just straight up I mean it, you play this on turn three. Let's just say turn three. Does playing restore balance at that point like is that's that's still pretty good, right? So yes, <laughs> yeah, I that's, that's, totally that's still pretty good. Um, again, Simeon Spirit Guide makes anything like much more interesting. So I don't know. I th- I think this could go some places. I'm gonna call it modern playable, and we're gonna see a deck. The problem with restore balance, living end, all that stuff is you got to cascade into them. Or you got a Goblin Dark Dwellers into them. And there are a lot of deck restrictions in place if you want to cascade into a Restore Balance. But now, you can just play this 3-mana spell. And then just cast Restore Balance. And I would totally 2-for-1 myself to Restore Balance because you know what? If they have more cards than you, they're going down in cards anyway. Are you behind? Well, they're losing all their creatures anyway. So I think it's worth it just just for the restore balance. And you get to play Visions. You get to play a whole bunch of other stuff with As Foretold. And, you know, as the turns go by and, and this ticks up, you can actually play your normal spells. You know, your Serum Visions, your whatever, the, whatever else you had in your deck can be played for free. And it's once per turn... So each turn cycle, you get your turn and your opponent's turn. So you can cast two free spells per turn. So I actually think it's pretty good. And Restore Balance is yeah. what makes it good, because that card uh, is insane. Yeah, I mean, Restore Balance is really powerful. I think the question for me, and I think this is of a power level where it can see modern play, is it's going to be challenging to find the right build of the deck, because I don't think you can just play as foretold and restore balance and be like, okay, this is going to work out. I think you're going to need additional ways to restore balance, which might mean you still need to have the cascade spells, which means you still have the deck building restriction. So that's what I'm, I'm mostly interested in, but just like in a vacuum, the ability is powerful enough and the payoff is big enough that if people can find the, the way to put this deck together, it seems like it could be at least like a legitimate second tier deck in modern, like a playable deck that can actually keep up with the best decks in modern. Yeah, this is actually, this card out of most, well, most of the cards we talked about is I'm more excited for constructed play rather than like commander or EDH play. Like I, I facetiously was talking about like an against the odds list, but th- no, this is actually like legitimate. 
I think it's also super awesome. I think, I don't remember who it was. It might be, uh, Ethan Fleischman, whoever spoiled it said that they viewed this card as the ether vial for commander. And it is pretty sweet in commander. If you just like proliferate a few times, you have four turns each turn cycle. So you can cast so much stuff for free. So while I am mostly excited for it for, for constructed in the possibilities in modern, I think it will see a ton of playing commander too. I think it's good in both. Yeah. Yep. All you need is one deep low <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Power yep. the sucker up. It does and you're need to, to sit go. out there a little bit, like a little bit longer. So I, I know the comparison to like omniscience were made. I think omniscience. There's like easier ways to get that yeah. out, but no, because you win the game yeah. as soon as you cast omniscience. As soon as you cast this, you're gonna die. <laughs> which is probably why it's a bad card. Probably. <laughs> Because you can't protect yourself, you can't do anything, and you're just going to yeah. die as soon as you cast this, but it's that, that's, <laughs> it's that powerful, right? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's move on to the gods. Last week, we had Hezeret. This week, we have Kefnet and Oketra. So, Kefnet the Mindful, Tuna Blue, 5-5, five, five, Flying Indestructible, Kefnet the Mindful, Can't Attack or Block Unless You Have 7 or More Cards, Pay three and a blue, draw a card, then you may return a land you control to its owner's hand. It literally has a Kamigawa ability for you, Chaz. Wasn't that like a mechanic? You have to have seven or more cards in your hand? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. No, I don't think so. Uh, Alright, I thought it, I, I know there was, was like return a land, like draw a card, like kind of stuff, like Maloku and stuff, but I don't know if you needed seven cards for anything, did you? I don't. Maybe think. I'm wrong. So uh, maybe not. What do you? What do you, <laughs> you? You could be right. Let me ask you something. Now that we've seen these gods, do they all strike you as very reminiscent and similar to the original ones? Like the mana costs are all the same. The abilities are even like kinda somewhat the same. The power and toughness yeah. is the same. Like that can't be by accident, right? They intentionally uh, made it this way. I, yeah, I was going to actually ask you guys the same question because that's the first thing that popped into my head was like, what? So this one's three again. Red is four again. And even the white one's five again or four again. Yeah. And even like Thassa Uh, was a five, five. Kefnet's a five, five. Like (laughs) there's a lot of similarities between this cycle and the first one. Heliod was like, what, a 5-4 or something like that? Uh, 5-6. So, Oketra actually has one extra power if you include the double strike ability. But it makes a token for four mana. Like, it's, like, very, very similar. I don't know. I think it's a stretch. I mean, they're similar, but... This is similar to like every other blue card. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's flying. Yeah, but no, Richard, come on. They like literally like, all have the exact same casting cost as the old god like cards. Because they want to aggressively price them, otherwise you won't play them. <laughs> Even though you still no. won't play them, but So <laughs> like what are you gonna put? Like you're gonna put it like four mana cost? Like what are you gonna yeah, do? Yeah, but yeah, why why just the blue one? So, it, but if the green one's also yeah, four, then a it's a lot. Then they're all they 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 definitely ripped the the Theros God casting cost. So so if an hour of devastation, it's revealed that the underworlds are linked and Thassos actually kept it. Then <laughs> yeah. you got me. Whoa, you know? that would <laughs> you be, got me. I didn't that see would it be coming. Crazy. Uh, but <laughs> if that's what they're doing, then they got me. But I, I'm gonna say at this point, you need powerful blue card. 
Like, there's only so many combinations of power and toughness and converted mana uh, costs you can so throw together. More importantly, how good do you guys think this card is? <sighs> Everyone keeps saying, like, oh, they crew vehicles and this, that, and the other thing. Like, are, are we playing a three mana five five just to just to crew Hardikiran? I mean, that can't be like that. That, that is, I guess that's like cool, but like, yeah, we have loop, that is loop, literally loop word for word for the loop and prototype art <laughs> argument that I've heard a million times from people. No, 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 you don't do that. That's a that is a way to yeah. build a bad deck and lose over and over. <laughs> I, I know personally from experience on against the odds. <laughs> um, this might actually be harder than the red like than the red one to achieve. The red one is achievable. This, this has to be the wor- And if you have seven cards in hand, like, do you <laughs> really need this five five flying indestructible to accomplish anything? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think it could see play. I I see it like a one of control finish yeah. type yeah. role, something yeah. like that. I think that's that's what you expect, and that is probably what we should expect from the gods, like discounting mono blue devotion. That's what we saw with a lot of the gods last time around. They weren't something you're playing five of these. It's like, oh, it's one of, it's on my colors, like how Nylea was in the green decks and so forth back in Theros. So I think yeah. that's what I see for Kefnet most likely. I think it will see play, but I, I expect it to be, oh, the one of control finisher and blue-white control or something like that. You know, we talked about Hazard last week, and I was like, and, and I'm like, kind of lukewarm but now like looking at the other gods i'm like oh just actually just give me hazard again <laughs> it's you know, it's it has haste like th- like none of these it's so hard to keep the like meet the requirement and hazard like is the only one i can legitimately see playing multiples of because there's actually n- viable ways to empty your hand and not like completely just get blown out I think that actually, we'll talk about it in a second, but I think Oketra is actually pretty easy to turn on too. Yeah. All right. So, unplayable for Kefnet. Oh. Let's move to Oketra. I don't think Kefnet's going to see the play one anywhere of... at all, even uh, as a. Really? No. Would you play an artifact that you've paid three mana for? And then it has an ability tap to crew any vehicle, and it has another ability yes. pay for draw card. The second ability, I would play that. <laughs> what? Everything else, yeah, but it's not. <laughs> this is like commander levels where you you spend your whole turn in like eight mana and draw yeah. one card. But this is more of like a like a <laughs> traditional control finisher, right? Like the it just sits around but it's not. and then. Who has I, seven cards in hand? I think, I don't, <laughs> it gives you like, it gives you two really cards hard. though for its ability, at the cost of your lands, which therefore hinder your ability to draw cards with its abilities yeah like i think the idea was you return a land to your hand it's the cycle land so you cycle it and thus you actually get two cards out of the deal but that was six mana and you had to play kefnet <laughs> and <laughs> like seven yeah, cards but if is so five, much you go, like, with its ability you go to seven and then you can attack Okay, here's the best case okay. scenario. The best case scenario is they print Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you turn three, catch that, and then you turn four wheel and start going to town. No, but just, do you think they'll be Just, no. just think of it as like a eight drop. That only costs three mana. <laughs> like that's that's how you think of Kefnet. It's it, it's like 
Etherling or something that you're gonna play way in the late game after you've yeah. wrath the board and drawn a bunch of cards, and then eventually, after you're firmly in control, you play this, pick up a couple of your lands, beat your opponent down in three or four turns. Good game. Or you just play a Gear Hulk and kill them in the same amount of time. <laughs> you have seven yeah. cards, you have plenty of stuff to protect yourself. That with. pesky torrential Gear Hulk being uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Like, people, people's argument against Hazret is it's very hard to get to zero cards, but I'm going to say it's, like, next to impossible to get to I seven don't think cards. <laughs> like, un- unless you just Sphinx's Revelation <laughs> or something. Like, how do you get seven cards, like, ten turns into the game? Like, that's, Start, like, really hard. You you did nothing the entire mana. game. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's hard to get empty-handed for Hazret. It's just, when you're empty-handed, what's the odds that you're going to win with Hazret? Like, it's such a high-risk plan to just go hellbent no i i think what richard was saying is like it's easier to meet the condition like it's easier to get to zero than it is to stay at seven yeah and in plenty of times like in a in a red deck wins deck yeah you are actually winning off your top deck or you only have one or two cards left whereas how many times do you finish the game as control you have seven cards in hand. You're like, oh boy, I need a five five flying indestructible to finish this, right? Like, uh, I don't know. All right, all it's pretty right. bad. Let's talk about the white god. I'm I'm sad now. <laughs> the, the white god is is pretty good. The white god is pretty good. So Oketra the True, a three and a white, legendary creature god, a three six indestructible double strike, can't attack or block unless you control at least three other creatures. Pay for create a one-one white vigilance, uh, a white warrior with vigilance. Most playable god of the bunch? Uh, no, it can't be. <laughs> it's literally what? the white god from Theros, and it was yeah, bad. It's three <laughs> creatures every time. Like if they if every and then it takes what like. Okay, so all right, you you go you you curve into this. So I, I didn't say standard mm-hmm. all star. I said no. Most I don't. Playable. I, I still think it's Hazard. <laughs> you don't I think, think it's playable? I think you're right. Probably Hazard. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I think it's Hazard. But it's not no, that this bad. It's like infinitely more yeah, playable yeah, than okay. Capnet. Yeah. And three creatures is not unheard of. You can get yeah, three creatures. It's only when the three creatures die, it takes like, it's going to take a while to get back to, I think to it's three actually, other creatures. I think it's actually pretty good. I mean, Battalion was a mechanic in Gate Crash that saw constructed play, and it's there's decks that already want to be doing this. That's why I think it's going to be good. Like, yeah. discounting servos or whatever, all you do is, like, Thraben Inspector into Thalia's Lieutenant into Thalia, and you have three creatures, and you have a 6-6 six, six Indestructible, essentially, that can make more creatures. So I think it can be the top end of a white aggro curve or, like, a white-black token servo curve, kind of like Hazaret could be for a red aggro deck. And I think white aggro or white-black aggro is potentially just more likely to see play in standard than red aggro so i think that's why i would give the edge to a tekra or ketra yeah it's a good i mean and when you're totally out of gas i mean you have the one one wait you can create one ones at any point <sighs> i i mean the thing with yeah wait well, how much how much is mo- what is it but mobilization what 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 is what is Heliod on an enchantment? It was it was <laughs> mobilization. Was it was two and a white, and I think it was two to make a token. Uh, is it two or three? Only two? No way. That's like so. Yeah, good. that was a good. It was a good card. But I was gonna say that you'll you'll see this in in EDH play just for that ability, just for the ability to sit there and pump out tokens. Same like Heliod. Okay. 
so I, I think definitely in terms of EDH, it w- this will it see was the three most play of the, the gods we've seen. So one thing I would say okay. about these gods, and I want your opinion on it real quick, the group that I've maybe seen most disappointed in these, just from my Twitter feed and so forth, is Commander players, who compare them to the originals and are like, wow, these are so much worse for Commander. Uh, as Commander players, what do you think? Are these disappointing from a Commander player's perspective compared to the original gods? Um, see where I, where uh, I, I can get that argument only because, like, cause some of them, like, we're talking about Hazard, right? And that seems better and constructed, but I would definitely not play that as my commander. Like, I wouldn't want to play that as my commander. I would definitely play Purphoros over that. Thassa is most likely better than Kefnan in any way possible for commander. And, I'd probably give the edge to Oketra on this one when it comes to Heliod versus Oketra. So, some may end up being on par or better, and some will be worse. I like the old ones a lot better. Because they do stuff to affect the board even when they're not on. So, Thassa, you can scry. Heliod gives you vigilance. Perfros has his annoying abilities. So these guys just don't do anything. And on top of that, they sit on the battlefield waiting to get exiled. Whereas your gods are either sitting in your command zone, uh, if you haven't cast them, or if you've already cast them, they're sitting there as enchantments. And it's much harder to exile an enchantment uh, than it is to exile a creature. So the ability to turn on and off your, your gods to protect them is also relevant. And I don't know, the, the original gods are just cooler. These, I feel, are just legendary creatures. They don't feel godly to me. They just feel like special creatures. Whereas the Theros gods, they are very different because they have the enchantment mechanic and devotion and, and stuff like that. So so I don't know. I prefer the old gods. I, I think Commander. that's why they feel different is because you needed the devotion to kind of like bring forth the god these kind of you're right these kind of feel like just one of legendary creatures that just happen to be gods on this realm i don't think they're as good as the originals i think that they're ah, they're fine and i guess it gives you more gods if you want to do the god tribal deck but i can't imagine in most situations uh, partly ah, there's no interesting creature types they're just gods um so yeah, I think I would play the originals, at least out of all the ones that we've seen so far. I think maybe Oketra was better than the original White God, but otherwise I think the originals are just more exciting yeah. and more flavorful being enchantment creatures and even their characters, and maybe that'll change as we get to see more of Amonkhet, but I think even the characters are more appealing for some reason with the original Theros gods, like more invested in their stories and care more about them than I do these gods at this point. So why do you think wizards did not give these gods a type? Could have very easily been legendary creature, cat god. And then you would have had a legendary cat, you would have had a legendary god, you could have made cat tribal. Uh, Same with the other gods. Like, why, why do we not have types when these... These things are literally, like, typed, right? They embody a a particular tribe. That is a good question. I don't know why. Uh, I'm pretty sure... I think that would have been great. uh, Invocations, I think, is the answer. They literally could not fit (laughs) a type on the invocations. (laughs) Really? 
That's my let's guess. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. No. I want to see it now. That can't no. be it. That can't be it. If they can fit Hazaret the Pervert there, they can fit. What, what, what uh, is I don't, I, I don't know. I don't Legendary know creature god. I, I, I don't know if you have much more room. Maybe Seth is right. No, <laughs> this can't be. I, I think that's it. I'm sure they could have. I don't know. I, legend, legendary creature dash god was already taking up a pretty large <laughs> percentage of the ba- of the banner. <sighs> no, that can't be it though. So those are all the spoilers we're going to talk about today. What's left? What are you guys waiting for for the Where's last? Where's the week green god? Which will come on. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously he's coming. <laughs> yeah, but. <sighs> For me, I, I'm still waiting for, uh, and probably optimistically, and it's not going to happen, but, but some sort of answer spell. We have another crazy Gideon. Liliana looks strong and our planeswalker removal spell. We, we got, it's, we got never destroy that's, target that's a, planeswalker. That's, that's ruinous so path true. again. And no one even plays more than like one ruinous path. Like we need, I still think we need a better, a better answer or two. There's been, been some steps. What would it be? I mean, an edict? A I mean, here's downfall. Oh, yeah, just instant speed. If the front half Pithing was needle? instant speed of never, I would be happy. Quicken? Not, not, <laughs> not quicken. <laughs> I want a cycling quicken. <laughs> There's a quicken that cycles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <sighs> there are some answer spells. So you're, so you're looking for specifically planeswalkers now. Because, I mean, we have, where, where, where's that, where's that card? Manglehorn, we have Manglehorn yeah, is very exciting. That card exciting. is crazy. That We're, card's really good. Th- this card we'll see a lot of I play. Think, yeah, we have I think. Magma Spray. Um we have the one that was just spoiled today, Sensor. Like every every aftermath card is some kind of answer. It's usually like some mediocre effect on the front side and then the back side is just like <laughs> right. random hoser. Oh man. <laughs> Because we, we have a bunch of removal, we have exile cards, we have random graveyard hate, we have... Oh, there's the, there's the cycling, the the cycling artifact hate yeah, as well. Yeah, Dissenter's Deliverance, we have Scarab Feast, so like suddenly, now all these... I think we have Now all answers. of a sudden there's answers. There's a, <laughs> a lot of answers. I, th- I think we've taken some steps in the right direction, but I don't think we're, okay. I don't think we're all the way there yet. Cat... I think the problem is the same. Someone said this, but it's not because we don't have answers, but because the threats are so strong that if you go a turn without the answer, you've already lost the okay. game. Okay. Sh- so I think that's more of a problem as opposed to the fact that, you know, you have to play never at sorcery speed. Now that we've seen this much of the set, is this gonna, is this gonna change standard? Like, are these answers enough that it's not gonna be 35% four-color copycat, 35% Mardu vehicles. Or is this just, is Amonkhet completely unplayed and it's the same two decks at Pro Tour Amonkhet and for the summer? It's probably the same decks, but they're playing the answers themselves. <laughs> because, like, they're still the best proactive cards, right? If you want to bash your opponent in, yeah, you play Heart of Kiran and Gideon and Walking Ballista and stuff like that. But, you know, some of your answers will be mixed up a bit. I'm... I would like to see more of the set. We're only we're 122 as of recording out of 269. So let's just mm. say because I I'm kind of working under the assumption that Heart of Kiran, Felidar Guardian, or both 
are going to be gone. Like that's just I, I think it's inevitable. I I uh, Oh, you think yeah, there's there a has banning? to be. There's just there's just no way there's not going to be one. I, I think people are going to be upset. They printed so much hate. Yeah, but there's so much artifact hate. There is. Uh, like I said, I like Manglehorn. There's the well. There was already like artifact hate. Like I get the the cycling ones good, but there was all there was already the one from uh, Oath. What was that? The the one green you take out a artifact three or less. I get this as cycling, so it's not like completely useless when you when you don't need it. But I don't know. I, I just kind of feel like Felidar Guardian Heart have to go. I, that's kind of I was just working under that assumption when I was. That's why I was kind of more excited for this set because I'm like, well, those cards are gonna have to leave. So because none of these cards look great, I, I I agree with everybody on that front that none of these cards look great when they're paired up against o- legitimately overpowered cards. Heart of Kieran is an overpowered card. Like I, I don't think any kind of hate card is gonna make it any less good. It's still gonna see play. You have to have the answer or lose. Um and. You know, even Manglehorn's like a turn late. I don't know. Nah, I'm not <laughs> as concerned for the, for the power level standard as you guys are. I, I think we will shake things up. It's not a rotation, and you're right. Heart of Kiran will will probably be a premier threat still, but now you have answers to it. Uh, you know, you have New Gideon. If if New Gideon is as good as people say he is, then he should shake yep. up the metagame. You know, you have Fling, which enables <laughs> jankier combos now. <laughs> so you, you do have some enablers. You, you do have things. I don't think gods will have an impact, but I think cycling and minus one, minus one counters will have a big impact. Embalm is probably limited only. Um, but I've seen enough answers that you might have the same metagame, but I think you'll see cards from Amagat being played. I, I don't think we're going to have that situation where we go to the Pro Tour, there's no banning, and you literally do not see a card outside of limited. I think you'll see some of these cards dispersed into the existing decks. I guess that's good then. And I guess we shouldn't expect too much at a non-rotation set release. That's usually not a huge shakeup. And maybe, I mean, I'm somewhat hopeful for a control deck based around cycling. Maybe it will have a shot. So I think there's a chance we see some stuff sneak up, but I haven't seen anything that makes me think, okay, like Marty Vehicles is not going to be tier one anymore. Or, oh, Sahili Rai combo is not going to be tier one anymore. There's nothing. And I don't even know what card they would have printed maybe Pithing Needle, maybe Hero's Downfall that would uh, that would be able to do that. And I don't even know if a format where you start your deck with four main deck Pithing Needle is where Wizards want Standard to be anyway. Yeah, you would never play <laughs> four main deck Pithing Needles, which is why Manglehorn is so good. It's a three mana 2-2 two, two, and it just destroys artifacts and makes them enter the battlefield tap so it stops the hasty vehicles as well. So I think those kind of cards, or what? what's uh, Revoker? If I actually Revoker would be a good card. I think the nice thing is you, you kind of want something that can attack Sahili combo and Heart of Kirin, and Pithing Needle or Revoker is the first thing that comes to mind. Like, uh, Well, Magma Spray. It Wait, is Magma not, spray hit so it's only players? good against oh. Mardu Vehicles. Oh, Never mind. <laughs> so we're in this weird place where you have cards that are good against one or the other, so you got to kind of pick your poison, but... We'll see. Maybe it'll be enough to uh, to shake things up. All right, let's move on to fish mail. Yes. If you have questions, send them to at mtggoldfish with the hashtag mtgfishmail, and we'll try to get to your questions on cast. Uh, first question from Emmett Jaeger. 
you guys are stranded on a desert island with only one deck uh, from each format. What do you bring? Commander. No, no, no. So for every format, oh. you have a deck. Oh, every format. Okay. All right. Let, let's say standard, modern, commander. Yeah. We'll go with those three. Standard, modern, commander. Uh, standard. Can it be any standard? <laughs> I'm. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Make up your own rules. <laughs> You've asked me very specific uh, questions, Chaz. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, sorry. Um, I guess uh, for this standard, uh, I'll still stick with the black green snake. Uh, commander, I will stick with We of Old. I don't care. And modern will just still be affinity. Uh, for me, I guess in standard, we'll go with four color copycat uh, out of the out of oh the options God. that we have in modern free win red and in legacy oh man or not legacy commander i don't even know uh watch commander clash this coming week that deck i can't tell you what it is though <laughs> but it's my oh, favorite wow. deck i've played oh, okay. in commander i think ever wow wow all right. Uh, for me, standard. I don't really care. Maybe black, green, ballista. I'm not expecting to play this. Uh, modern, Jund, obviously. Commander, probably Google Caller, Google Caller, Jissa, or maybe Jissa and Jeralf. But either black zombies or black blue zombies. That's my choice. That's not Kithkin. <laughs> my real choice is actually zombies, <laughs> if you don't know. Uh, next question from at Doctor Strange PhDs. You guys were a gateway drug, but can I trust other podcasts? Investors sharing investing inv- advice equals conflict of interest. No. Uh, yeah. I mean that that is something to be aware of. I think that you just need to, if you can, try to get to know the people a little bit and judge them like you would anything else. The problem isn't unique to magic. If you listen to some stock market podcast, you don't really know what someone's motivation is either. So just try to like get to know the people and uh, judge their credibility for yourself rather than just taking everything you hear at face value, I guess. Yeah, that is well said. Uh, we try to be transparent. We're, we're very open and honest about what we talk about. Um, and it's for a very good reason. We've done the podcast for a long time. And I think, yeah, I, I, I fully agree with Seth. You know, you have to take each podcast. It's like its own little entity and, you know, listen and kind of judge and, you know, reflect on what you hear. All right. Thunder FGC. If an unset, if a new unset isn't possible, would you settle for a master style reprint of unglued unhinged? <laughs> That sounds like the worst no. product of all time. <laughs> that would be the Definitely worst product not. ever. <laughs> it's the novelty of the cards. If you've already seen them all, like what have we accomplished? I guess we get to reprint why, the full art. What would even? Why would you even reprint them? Aren't they all super cheap and accessible if you want t- to buy them anyway? Other than the basic lands, maybe. Um, but I don't think there's expensive cards from those sets, are there? No. No, um... I think there's a couple weird ones like Gleemax and uh, Lotus, Mox Lotus, like are weirdly more hmm. than bulk. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, if you look it up, I, I think like Mox Lotus is like a few bucks. Um, Gleemax. Yeah. I, those are just off the top of my head. But yeah, yeah I'd rather know, have the, a the master style reprint of modern <laughs> masters <laughs> than uh, a Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next question from. True semicolon. What does the crew expect the price of the bolus full art lands to settle at? Want them for eight rack? 
So you're supposed to get 20 per fat pack, right? Or for bundles. Yeah, and they're also in packs at a certain Um, every so often, right? Isn't that the... Like one in in five or something like that? (sighs) These can't be more than a dollar. Wait, how how much are the BFZ lands today? Yeah, those are like a Close to bulk. All right. That's where I'm going to say these will be. I think they might be a little... (laughs) I mean, they're slightly more rare, but there's going to be like a ton of them anyway. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe 50 cents, 75 cents. we're at full art land saturation. Maybe maybe 50 to 75 cents, I think, would be my prediction. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Next question from Randon Dark Rider. What are your thoughts on Razia's purification in Commander? Who knows what this card does? All right. I'll I'll read it to you. I think it's... From right, it's four, four red and white. Yeah, Each player chooses three permanents he or she controls uh, and then sacrifices the rest. That sounds like a ton of fun. Oh, God. No. Oh, no. <laughs> I hate I'm going to play no, this don't play these cards. next week on Commander Clash. <laughs> Definitely play these I, I'm, cards. I'm on the Tober school of thought. Like, if you play this card, you better win right away. And you better not just play this card and be like, yeah, I got nothing, guys. And then prolong the game for another two hours for no reason. <laughs> Uh, Definitely do it. <laughs> uh, next question from Allegris38. Will modern zombies ever have enough pieces to be a tier two deck or better? Speaking of modern zombies, I just saw a mono black zombies list placed in the classic this last week. Yeah, weekend. I think we're pretty close to being there now. We're pretty close. We, yeah, we need two drops. Close. There's no good two drops. We need. We have enough one drops, but we need some two drops. Yeah, you're right because it was using uh, the Aether Bloodgast Vampire. The two, the two. Yeah, no, the no. two. It was using that, but it was also using uh, the one from Aether Revolt. The two black, two three with lifelink, which I guess is oh, okay. It's not Aetherborn? zombie, but oh, what the yeah, hell? that's the one. What kind of zombie deck <laughs> is this? Using Bloodgast and gifted <laughs> Aetherborn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it, like that it looked pretty cool. All right, next question from Palazzo Forty Seven. You're making a magic movie. What planeswalker do you focus on, and who plays him or her? I don't know. Urza, <laughs> some person that looks like Urza, <laughs> preferably an Academy Award winner, <laughs> so that we have like a legit movie, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I. Urza has the best story. It has to be Urza, but they're not going to do it. It's going to be Gideon. Yeah, and it's going to be like Hugh Jackman or something. <laughs> That would be such a mistake. <laughs> it has to be. They're not going to push their old IP. You know, the one with like actual story. <laughs> so. I, I think I think it would be a between Jace and Chandra. That's my if if if, if because Chandra's like kind of that like I think they're both like an easy sell, an easier sell. Yeah. I would say so. I, I, Jace or Chandra are probably the most likely ones, but uh, I just don't want to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, beer beer of Nihilia. <laughs> One, challenge. Don't mention Hearthstone for a full episode. Uh, just ruined got that, it. If not for this question. We would have. Yeah. Two, oh, what card would it take it. to push Enchantress in uh, modern? Sarah Sanctum would do it, I think. And. <laughs> An actual enchantress. All right, so stay tuned. Uh, the last segment of this cast, we're going to talk uh, in girl spoilers or whatever. The new set is for Hearthstone. We're going to compare them to Amonkhet and see what's up. Uh, get your three free packs. Oh, do we get three free packs? 
Yeah. I'm gonna go log into my Hearthstone account. Where are my and free if Omicat if you packs? Win, if you win ten games, you get a character skin for I think Rogue. Oh, uh, I haven't there played Hearthstone in so long. I can't. When I watch the stream now, I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> uh, at Sugi time, each new set I buy four X uncommon and commons from the local game store for forty dollars. Is it a decent price? Should I buy individually? I think that's a pretty decent price, actually. I think that's like the normal going rate. I see some well, for like do you 35 get four fatal pushes like in there. <laughs> that is the question. Yeah. I think so. That would be a pretty good well, price. But usually yeah, I just scavenge one. draft bulk if I need to find some common or uncommon. But I don't collect the full set. But if you're actually after the full set for whatever reason, like how much is your time worth and is it worth saving 10 bucks and you know spending a lot of time putting this together? Because it's actually pretty hard and takes a lot of time. To I'm get looking these. on just browsing eBay right now, and it seems like thirty to forty is pretty much the low end for that. So I think that's pretty fine. And you definitely don't want to buy them individually. You you would spend way more, I think, buying them individually, most likely, especially when you consider shipping and all that stuff. So yeah. Next question from at the Ryan Gaines: What plane are we returning to this fall? <laughs> Any guesses? I think it is that Atlantis one, whatever it was. I I think that we thought it was fake, but actually they were saying that because it was real and they didn't want us to know yet. <laughs> the long, the long oh, con. Was no. Con, yeah. It's <laughs> Dominaria, right? This 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 yeah. upcoming year is the 25th year anniversary, right? Mm-hmm. They got to return to the birthplace of magic. If they don't, then it's a massive fail. <laughs> this winner. So the winner set. Or what if they return to it and it is a terrible <laughs> set? What do we do? <laughs> I, I would honestly rather just to return to it and be terrible than like go to Mer- Meriden or some god awful artifact plane. Okay, again. If, if it's terrible, I mean, we'll literally. call it the Eldrazi. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wipe the plane. Yeah. Oh, domi- oh that that'd be the return of the Phyrexians though. Oh Much better. If we than get Eldrazi. another artifact, like I, we need to go at least like four or five years before an artifact block again. Wait, <laughs> we can't do it anymore. I'm I'm tired of it. I'm so done. Artifact block is better than a lands block. Oh. <laughs> All right, oh. Gabe WR. You have to ban a non-top card in Legacy. What do you pick? That, top. Wait. <laughs> <It's> non-top. <laughs> Has to be uh. top. Well, you take the easy answer and say counterbalance. How about yeah? De- there you go, Delver. Let's ban counterbalance Delver secrets. Yeah, what, what card Delver? Why are you banning? Because Delver? it makes it harder to do fun janky things. Because they play a Delver and then they just wasteland you and then stifle you and you never get to play Magic. And it's fun if you're doing it, but not fun to play against with squirrels or whatever. <laughs> you know what? You wait to two mana, and then and then you just bolt the Delver and <laughs> call it a day. Squirrels don't get lightning bolt. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> just ban oh, brainstorm and do it already. All right, oh, it's over. That'd be the worst. <laughs> just do it. That'd be the worst. As a green mage, it would make me feel a lot better knowing that's good. how to instantly lose like every legacy player ever. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's like you might as well just ban Black Lotus and the Moxin from Vintage. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, at Tavari Col- Colgate, is it a good modal strategy to make your spells uncounterable by baiting an opponent into F6 and casting during your second <laughs> main? 
What do you think, Seth? I personally don't feel right abusing Modo in that way. I try to make it as much like paper magic. I guess it's probably not technically wrong, but personally, I don't like winning by the clock. I don't like trying to manipulate phases to get an advantage. That just doesn't seem sporting. How do you bait someone into an F6? Like sit I'm there for confused. two or three minutes until they get sick of it in F6 and then like, ha ha, second main phase, oh, cast it. Oh, you just slow play <laughs> until they get... Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't do that because I couldn't... I mean, you're making them wait two to three minutes, but you yourself are waiting two to three minutes. So you didn't That's really accomplish anything. That's got a really anything. important spell because I'm not that patient. You win. <laughs> <laughs> Next question from the guy, Doug. The first half of magic removed from the game was truly removed. How do you feel that it's now evolved into Graveyard 2.0? I don't agree with that. So he's talking about the exile zone. Stuff used to go into oh. exile and never do anything, but now There's... we can cast spells and return from exile and all kinds of shenanigans. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I know. Wait, I do remember them saying that not many cards in Magic's history would, and they said this back when like Miss Hollow Griffin was printed. Uh, but it's still pretty much a zone that does not. It still feels like the zone of no return for me. Like, I know there's a few cards that break it, and technically you can process your opponent's cards now, but there's not cards where it's just like, oh, uh, one in a green, get this card back from your exile zone, and think, like, it's not, it doesn't feel the same (laughs) to me, so I'm okay with it. I think it's fine that the rules evolve. Uh, I don't know that it makes it worse or any better, but how long until we get a card that destroys an Uh, emblem? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Because I think that's happening maybe sometime be- soon. <laughs> that you can maybe interact because with of emblems. Gideon. Maybe this new Gideon emblem will hasten. Yeah. <laughs> they have to... I th- yeah, you, you might be right. It, no, I'm, I mean, I, I know it's... emblem, it becomes a <laughs> Gideon control of target emblem. That would be sweet. I mean, Ooh, when Planeswalkers... Yeah, I think they just have to treat When Planeswalkers like started, permanence. they didn't let anything interact with them, and then they... Now they do. So I, I imagine nope. the same thing will happen with emblems. Next question. The Fallen 3274 is Magic losing competitive players due to sets becoming more casual biased? I don't even know what this is referring to. <laughs> uh, I don't... I, if anything, it's gain, like it's gaining more players. I don't know about competitive, competitive per se, players. but... I think I know what the question is. Has there been a significant drop I think that, like, sets have... Is it because of power level dropping, or like why? Why are we saying it's more casual I think it's biased? Complexity, like we went from damage on the stack. Like most of the rules changes have went to make magic less complex, I guess, over the years, and in often in a good way because it makes it more intuitive. But I, th- my guess would be that's what it's referring to. Even like the fuse change, like they made that rule more intuitive that you can't cast the split cards with whatever Goblin Dark Dweller Brain in the Jar. But it also makes the game less complex and kind of... I That would be my guess as to what the person's talking about. I see. I, I think, mm. if anything, it's losing competitive players because uh, <laughs> we don't pay competitive players enough. That's, Not that's that the, the game is yeah. too easy or being dumbed down or stuff like that. It's more of the, should I fly across the country... And then what was the latest controversy? You like X3 or something, a GP, and you don't make money, stuff like that. So I think that is more of an issue than, you know, that we have snake nagas <laughs> or something in standard. I, I don't believe that is the actual cause of this. Yeah, I think I agree with you. All the, and I think how fun or unfun a format is plays into it. So I think if 
recently people have been not playing more. Maybe it's just because they don't especially like the standard format, and those people will hopefully come back when the format changes. All right, next question from No Jesus No Peas. <laughs> <laughs> just started playing Enchantress and Modern. Is Cast Out worth a look or is O-Ring better? So Cast Out is the instant speed for mana O-Ring that cycles for a white. Uh, O-Ring's... Hmm. Flash is um, nice. It's gotta be O-Ring, right? Like, what are you cycling for? You're playing Enchantress, yeah, I think it's, you have removal, right. and you want to play Enchantments. So I guess in some cases, you'll try to cycle to get your actual Enchantress online, but for the most part, I think you don't need to cycle. You want the one less mana for the O-Ring. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. Alright, Semper Nemo, with Death Shadow starting to eat other decks like Jund and Grixis, can you see it getting the Banhammer? No, uh, not really. I don't think it's that good, actually. I mean, yeah. it's a good deck, but I, it doesn't feel oppressive to me at this point. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I think answers exist, and people just need to adjust to beat it. Alright, at Cowhoohoo87, is Frontier dead? GP San Antonio had four people. GP New Jersey had around the same. Is this just GPs, or is it all over? Uh... Um, yep. I haven't heard a peep. Basically, Modern yeah. Masters 3 happened. And then that was the end of Frontier Talk. I haven't heard anything. Pretty much. Uh, we still get events posted, so local game stores are still running them. But I, I think most people were unhappy with the price of Modern and went to Frontier. And with Modern Masters 3 coming out, even though prices didn't drop too much for the high-end staples, it dropped the price for other cards and people moved back to Modern. Is that what's happening? That that sounds about right. I think Frontier was just a a outcome of discontent between you know standard and modern. Like if you don't like modern or you don't like standard, you play Frontier. If standard's good and modern's good, I think there's like a little reason to play from like Frontier. I mean, obviously the people that are playing it and like it are going to continue to play it, and I and I think people should continue to play it. Uh, but these two, just two GPs sounds like a little bit of an outlier because I, I I do think there's still some pretty good attendance. Yeah, and also we're in the, we just came off the hype of Modern Masters 3 and now right. we're in the hype of Amonkhet. Wait till stuff dies down and people need stuff to talk about. And then I think Frontier Talk might crop up again. Yeah. Uh, next question from Fat Lord Timmy. Can you guys comment on Moto's switch to all treasure chest payouts? Seth said you would do it last time, but you forgot. This podcast is already absurdly uh, long. Need- <laughs> Seth, what are we going to talk uh, about, Moto? Now I'm guessing it's going to be after we finish spoiler season. I figure next week will probably be spoiler season part part two, and then maybe the week after that we'll have time. But we will talk about it, because I still do want to talk about it. All right, it's coming. At Billy Wilson, MI, last question. With the new lands and Aven Mind Sensor, what do you think about more Wood Elves effects? Yeah, that'd be cool. I like it. Give me my, give me my, uh, my wayfinder. Wait, what is what it's like Nissa? <laughs> oh, really? It's two and a green. It's a one one, and it gets you a forest card. Oh, it's three. Yeah, okay, it's three converted mana cost. Yeah, wait, it's two and a green. What yeah. does Civic Wayfinder do? Oh, Civic Wayfinder puts it, it gives in your you a hand. Basic land, and this is into play. Yeah, it puts it in your hand. Yeah. Oh, so rampant growth, but you pay one more and for it a body. Comes into play untapped, also. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> yes. Oh, the old cards. I like it. 
<laughs> They're never going to print this. What Elves is a staple. Even in Commander, I play it. Get you that Bayou, and uh, you're good to go. All right. That's all our fish meal for this week. Awesome. All right, gentlemen. The cast is already really long, like you said. Um, stay tuned for more Amon Ked Talk. We have uh, the rest of this week. So we will discuss the rest of what we see. And... Um, the pre-release is next week, Not right? this weekend, but the following weekend, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, we still have some time. All right. I think that about wraps things up for this episode. We will see you all next time. Hopefully, uh, the rest of Amonkhet is awesome, and we will talk about it more. So this is going to be the MTG Goldfish Crew signing out. See you all next time. <laughs>